was like, no, Bond, James Bond. And she's like, fuck you so hard. <laughs> like, and she you does. have to do that. Yeah. Hi guys and welcome back to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that took one look at what's happening in the UK and had the good sense to defect. Joining me as ever is my wonderful co-host, I'm Sean by the way, and joining me as ever is my wonderful co-host, you know his name, it's Ian Whittington. Oh yeah! Um, And returning to the podcast for this special mini-series that we're doing is... You know him, he's the money, he's every penny of it. He's Albert Hogan. <laughs> Hi guys. Albie, so welcome back. back. Yay. Yay. Are you ready to join us for the next 25 instalments of the podcast where we hit every single Bond film? Sure, I'm here for it, you know I am. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Six months of Bond, I couldn't do it. I really couldn't do it. I... This will be discussed a lot on this miniseries, but there is quite a bit of early Bond I'm just not interested in watching. This is an entirely different... The Craig films are just a different series. They're Mission Impossible compared to even Brosnan. But anyway, that will come later. Indeed, indeed. Um, Now, to basically get it out of the way, shall we go straight to the news? To the news! News team, assemble! Okay, so the news this week is actually pretty funny because it's about a show none of us watched being rebooted by the showrunner of the original show that none of us watched. Yes. Let's discuss Babylon 5. Yeah, you can't not talk about it, but you can apparently not watch it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's important, and I know that it, it should be watched, and I just have not. That's, yeah, like, I've always heard it's brilliant, it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, it's been remastered, as far as I know, so we wouldn't have to go back entirely to, mm. you know, ah, this was filmed VHS. on one of those old Panavision, yeah, exactly, you know, or Super 8. yeah. Um, so, I mean, but by the sounds of it, we should watch it. Um, have we all got time to just put aside to just watch an entire new series? I'm sure I can get that done by next week, yeah. Absolutely. That is grand. I've heard it's grand. quite Actually, yeah. Space Nine-y. As in, it's, it was serialised before even Trek was doing serialised. Mm. Um, and I believe that if you put a bunch of DS9 fans and a bunch of Babylon 5 fans in a room oh, together, it's a bit like Thunderdome. Yeah, it's just war. All out war. Um, are we worried that this sets... Like, I thought Babylon 5 would be untouchable because it's quite... It is kind of like remaking The Next Generation or TNG. It's pretty iconic and distinctive. Like, the guy with the half-moon hair. Oh, man. There are so many Babylon 5 films that <laughs> films, fans that are just going to unsubscribe right now. But, yeah, that dude. Um, I don't know how you remake him, but I guess we like a bunch of people with pointy ears and antenna, but... Well, well, exactly, you know. Uh, I mean, Discovery, which is effectively a reboot of Star Trek, uh, and they've just kind of updated looks and, yeah. you know, changed designs, which is fine with me. Uh, I mean, like, technically, they... Re- well, there's no technically about it. They rebooted Battlestar Galactica, and it became... Mm. Sorry, folks. 
a far superior show <laughs> to the original. Absolutely. Oh, correct. But the original show wasn't as good as Babylon 5. Like, I think the danger is here you're remaking something that's already good. And I don't know, why not a continuation as opposed to a reboot? And also with the same creator, like that. He's done it. Is, I, I, I can't think of a reboot where the same creator is involved yeah. in the same way. Aside maybe from Bond, funnily enough. but um, Yeah, because the Broccolis have been there in pretty terms much of, from the beginning, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. But in terms of like a TV show, it's kind of an interesting... Yeah, because Mission Impossible is a completely different team. Um, what about like Hollyoaks After Dark? <laughs> what is Hollyoaks? Or like, you know... Uh, it's a soap opera I know, uh, I know, and like I know. Coronation Street where they go on the cruises and things like that oh no like Benidorm so, isn't that one of them I'm so fucking old <laughs> just just the old man in, of the pod <laughs> grumble grumble whippersnappers yeah. um, I will out of the fact that it, apparently your man uh, I think it's J. Michael Straczynski yes I hope I pronounced that correctly he seems to be a thoroughly nice individual. Yeah. So I think just to support him, I'll probably end up watching it. Yeah. Not the original, the new one. I'll only support him so far. Aww. Isn't he the guy that <laughs> took the Enterprise to all of the crazy places, but it was actually the Traveller that did it? <laughs> That's Kozinski. Hand in your track card. Hand it in. <laughs> That's being a dick. <laughs> Uh, backup news, something that I have watched. Squid Game is really good. Go watch it. Um, the, the Many Saints of Newark is bad. Don't watch it. To the film. <laughs> Just on The Many Saints yeah. now, I am not a Sopranos watcher. I uh-huh. never saw it. Apparently, it was the best thing on television ever. It is. It's great. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, it and The Wire, I think, rival each other for it's totally different. TV yeah, they're totally different, time. but it's, it's like Game of Thrones 24. It's appointment television. You just got to binge it and get it all done in one. Gotcha. Uh, this needs to be a mini-series, not a film. I saw one review. Now, obviously, please don't give any spoilers for people who do care. Um, but one one said, it should. It, it's a prequel, it stands on its own, it's fine. And another one was like, no, you absolutely have to have watched The Sopranos for this to make sense. No, it makes sense on its own as a film, but it's a very right. boring film on its own. There's nothing that happens All in right. it that... You're like, um, what are they referring to? I don't understand because it's all mob shit. So the names don't, the names and the events don't matter. It's people die and money is exchanged. So how many characters named Paulie are actually in it? Just, just the one. What? Letting me down, mob film. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there's one, and there's um, yeah, yeah, there's lots of enos. Um, but yeah, it's it just it needed to be. Uh, it's two hours. And it's about an hour and 30 minutes too long or six hours too short. It's one of the two. I, no, I get, I get you. Like some, so would you say there's enough story in it that you would kind of happily watch an extended yeah. or there's a, okay. There's too much story okay. and it doesn't intertwine together um, the way that it would do if it was given a full kind of, it needs to be six one hour episodes if you're going to do this. Um, and the, the marketing has all been about find out how Tony became Tony Soprano. And it's, spoiler, not about that. <laughs> if you hey, go in there expecting an origin story, you the, will be disappointed. This is the power of marketing. This is why I love my job. Yeah. It's crazy. It, everyone has been lied to um, about this film. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 okay. it's like when I worked on Fifty Shades of Grey and we called it a, 
modern um, love story of its time um, when really it wasn't. <laughs> Technically, I, feel, you... I actually feel like I need a shower <laughs> after having heard There's that. There's no like... actual lies in there. It's just open There's to interpretation. No there is no love in that film. No, there's no love and in also, that film. No, no, no. Uh, nor did any love go into making that film. Actually, I don't know that film. I think some love went um, into somebody during that film. Anyway. <laughs> Should we talk about an actual good film? Yes. Yes, we will. Um, you know my Okay, name. so... Obviously, you know, anyone who has been near Earth for the last <laughs> couple of years will know that there's this new Bond film. Yeah. By the way, uh, it's out next Tuesday. It's, sorry, no, the Tuesday after. No, it's actually out next month. Um, actually, uh, uh, I believe it's finally as of yesterday. It has happened. Yeah. It is a film that now exists, and it yeah. took five million pounds in and... the UK on its first night, which is uh, big. So the the early vibes are cinema is back, which is good. Good news for film okay. fans. Yeah. Now, because I, I remember we were saying before I saw. Now, I obviously I have not fact checked this, so. This is why it's on the podcast. Uh, but it needed to do, like, crazy money to even come close to breaking even because of the cost of putting it back and putting it back and continuing the marketing yeah. campaign for two years. Yeah, they've had, like, three different marketing campaigns, haven't they? There's nothing really yeah. that you experienced, Albie, is there, that's even close to that? Like, what's the biggest delay that you had to um, do? We've, you definitely would get films that move around, but usually in time for you to kind of not have spent a whole bunch of money on it already. Um, and it's actually my old <laughs> colleagues that are working on Bond. So um, oh, awesome. it feels like it's been their life for the last two years. Um, so I imagine oh, they're all quite relieved. Uh, I you know, saw lots of pictures on Instagram of them at the premiere the other night, and I was you know, slightly jealous, I won't lie. Um, little bit, little but yeah, it's, it's you know, you're talking, whatever the budget is, which is probably about 250, you'll have the same amount in marketing costs. Um, the thing with Bond is that you have, um, you know, a lot of big kind of partnerships and product deals as part of the franchise. So servicing those could come with costs as well. Um, and, I'm, you know, mm. obviously I'm not privy to what deals are done, but mm. I imagine there was a lot of deliberation when they were moving release dates back of that because you'd be tied to... Like, if you think about... And if you think about Casino Royale, for instance, like they're showing things in that film that like was in like the new Aston Martin that hadn't even been released. If, yeah. if the movie's delayed, then that do they delay the Aston Martin? It's, it's an old normal. model. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. So, <clears throat> so yeah. um, mm-hmm. I imagine it was quite a slightly hellish um, process for, for anyone who was involved in the merchandising licensing um, deal side of things. Um, but you know, the main thing is it's here and it's doing well and people are turning up at the cinema for it so you know there's kind of real sense of hope in the industry as of today which is good so um long may it last and bring on all the great movies that have been shelved for so long yeah yeah because it's a good proof Uh, of concept isn't it that i mean bond is gonna drag people out but is it gonna drag everyone out and it seems like it's dragged everyone out plus more so I've literally just come from the cinema, and as I went out of my film, which had three people in it, the entire place was rammed because they would they just started letting people in to see um, to see Bond, and the the place was just 
it just reminded you of the before yeah. times when it's like, oh, crowds. I mean, shit. they, they, they <laughs> sold 1.6 million advanced tickets in the UK. Yeah, that's that insane. That's insane. unheard of. Like that is. Yeah, that's good numbers yeah. pre-pandemic. Yeah, exactly. It's probably it's probably the biggest pre-order camp, um, numbers ever seen, I think, in in UK cinema. So, um, but because you're just looking for that excuse, aren't you? Yeah. To 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 break the seal, as it were. And I don't think I think Fast and Furious was close, but maybe for people 10, 20 years younger. But this is probably for the the older generation as well that. We're probably a bit more cautious. Yeah. And it's also impressive when you consider that, you know, we're in the grips of people queuing for hours for petrol and therefore they are not likely to be travelling as much for people to still, still go and it. watch it in the cinema. You know, it's obviously deemed worthy of uh, taking the risk of not being able to mm-hmm. go to work the next day because you've run out of petrol. Hey, come on. Yes. <laughs> Stupid question. <laughs> um... But uh, so we will, well, we will do an episode on it at the end of this little mini series uh, because yeah. we're doing the Daniel Craig uh, films. So we're going to go back to where it all began. Film number what eighteen? Yeah. Um, no, this will no, be twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Casino Royale. Um, not the first Bond I saw in the cinema. I saw World Is Not Enough. Is the first Bond I saw in the cinema. Ditto. Um, yeah, I don't think. Oh, Tomorrow Never Dies. That came out ninety nine or ninety eight. Around then. Yeah, I, I, think I know I Goldeneye was, was ninety five, so it was after that. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm going to show, I'm going <laughs> yeah, to show my age works. here and say the first Bond I saw in film. Doctor No. <laughs> oh, you got there <laughs> first, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, was it nineteen eighty nine? License Kill was that? Is that? License yeah. to Kill was 1989. Yeah. That was oh, the last Timothy Dalton film, and, um, which led to a six-year yeah, gap. And that's the the first one I saw in the cinema. But I didn't, it's... I didn't really kind of get into Bond until I saw Goldeneye because that was like so cool yeah. at the time. Um, well, that was meant to be Timothy Dalton yeah. still, but they just couldn't. In this, they couldn't in get this, it together same way in that time. Casino Royale, they were very close to bringing uh, Pierce back, um, but he wanted thirty yeah. million dollars and. They said, eh, it's okay, we'll find something to do. Yeah. Honestly, it's the best thing they could have done. Like, I remember it was 2006, which makes sense, because that's when the film came out, and I was in my first year of college, or uh, sixth form. And everybody in, I think it was an English class, everyone was fucking 16-year-olds having an opinion. Just like, you can't have a Bond that has blue eyes and blonde hair. And I was like... Aryan much like oh, yeah. it doesn't like I remember that being a thing it was such yeah. a thing and it's like oh he's only like five foot nine. and I'm sure he's like six foot nine but he just looks a bit shorter than the bonds we're used he's to five, he's five but ten I actually a... did look this up yeah so he's not the tall he's not you expect bond to be six foot dark and mysterious but uh, there was such a kickback to just the way that he looked and I was just like yeah you know what I, I like it but for me I remember being quite excited at the time um, mm. Because I'd seen Layer Cake and I just was so oh, nice. amazed by him in that film. Yeah. Um, so I was like, if you're going to reboot something and and give it a fresh take, this is the way to do it. And actually, he's so Bond now, as in like the authentic literary Bond, that yeah. you know it was such a good call at the time. And it was fascinating looking at the the the, the Bonds who could have been um, in terms of people who'd gone for the role and stuff. Um, 
they were all very much in that tall, dark, handsome um, bracket, uh, whereas mm-hmm. Daniel Craig was just very, very different. Um, interesting one, and this is a little cross promotion for you, Shawnee, to your ER podcast. Um, oh, very nice. Warren was in the running for it. Uh, Kovac, Dr. Kovac. Oh, did I hear that? Yeah. Actually, I don't think I did hear that. Yeah, um, he, he, he did quite well in auditioning, except he couldn't get the English accent down. So that's what killed it for him. He does have quite a strong yeah. uh, accent <clears throat> himself. So, uh, Croatian accent. Yes. Oh, interesting. And every, everyone's favourite action hero, Jared Butler, also uh, auditioned for it, which... It feels like there's always an know. Australian or somebody in the running Carter for Urban. it that's never going to get it. The well-known Australian Jared Butler, yeah. No, um, not the... Australian, but whatever. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting timing. Yeah. There's a Jared Butler. <laughs> there's always an Australian. Yeah, but like some okay, random, All right. yeah, some Commonwealth country is like it's fine. They're in the Commonwealth, so they can be Bond. <laughs> oh, I'm sure one got the part. Lazenby was an Aussie, wasn't he? Was he? That's probably yes. why he only did the one. Potentially. Potentially, you don't know that. <laughs> Uh, I, I am aware of a man named George Lazenby. Yes, good. Yeah. Yeah. He he did a film. Bond got married. He is ironically like the George Harrison's of the of the of the Bonds. Just like is that that one we can't quite remember. <laughs> uh, um, has anyone? No, I haven't. Has anyone read any of Ian Fleming's books? Um, no. Yeah, I've read this one. In fact, it's the only one that I've read. Um, for some reason, I read all of Sherlock Holmes. Um, and then thought, I've done Conan Doyle, the big one. I'm going to do all of the James Bond novels, but stopped. I, did, I just did Casino Royale and that was it. Um, and so would you be able to remember how true to the book is this? Um, or, I mean, that, yeah, I know technology what you mean. aside, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That one's much more like the original Casino Royale that isn't part of the Bond canon. Yeah, is that... Is is that Sean? No, Sean. No, no, no. Did... He did um, Never Say Never Again, which was mm. it's not canon, different production company, whatever. But this isn't even acknowledged as Bond as we know it. This was in the sixty two, sixty one, something around there, like pre pre Doctor No. Um, totally different vibe of film. It's more like that, to be honest. Um, it's it's more like your 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 thing from um, the Next Generation. The Oh, Hotel Royale. Hotel Royale, yeah, it's more like that. That's <laughs> but with less, less kind of warp bubble stuff. Ah, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Um, the, uh, did, did anyone else want to learn how to free run after this film? Oh, well, that was just the early like, noughts, wasn't it? It was, you, you had to be free running. It was so much fun. It was, but I... I oh, I, the adrenaline. Like, I want to know what James Bond's workout regime is, because the amount of shit he has to do in this movie. Um, I, I know what Daniel Craig's is because I actually looked it up, but I'm curious in like in world, in James Bond world, yeah. what does he do at the gym? Um, because everything, because he has to be ready for the everything. Amount, the amount he? of hanging or, or and pulling himself up with like one arm or two, it was crazy. Oh. But that sequence was nuts. And it took like, I was reading today, it took like nine weeks to film just that opening sequence. 
Uh, or yeah, actually, I always remember watching it behind the scenes of going up the crane. Yeah. And actually, that isn't the opening sequence. I keep forgetting about the like black and white opening. Th- yes. Yeah. 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 Same. I. I just because I got it's years now <clears> since <throat> I've seen this. So, I once the black and white started, I was like, oh yeah, of course. But I completely forgot the whole scene with Lashif and you know getting the money. I was like, what? I don't remember any of this. I, in my head, it just went straight yeah. to Madagascar. Yeah, because it's a weird way to open because you don't have. It was deliberately shocking because you don't have the opening down the barrel of the gun and Bond walking along to start your film. So the Madagascar bit feels like a stereotypical regular Bond opening. This little prequel bit of him getting his double O's um, is really weird. Really, really it, weird. But I'm glad it feels it. like um, it. the Bond equivalent of a short track, doesn't it? Before the main feature. Or like a Pixar short before the main yes. one. You'd have to wonder if maybe they would have released that separately. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I just imagined this coming up before, like up or Inside Out is, or something. Like, this is you know, when Luxor takes our short. Luxor Junior. <laughs> How just did he die? Bond kills three well. people. <laughs> Electrocutes two people. <laughs> what? What? It's like that that video where you've got the kid on the bus, the animated kid that's watching the phone, and then the little girl from um, Frozen goes up to the door, like puts her her eyeball up to the door. And then some guy on the other side just shoots Oh, yes, out. that one I've seen. And the little kid just screams, yeah. ah! just screams at the phone. Do you want to build a snowman? <laughs> Bang! <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, oh, we need help. Yeah, it's so good. But what I did, uh, having um, kind of reflected on a bit today, well, so I'd forgotten about that. And then I was going through my notes. I was like, oh, black and white bit. I had, like, even since I watched the film, I kind of had... It felt so separate from the main story. But what I love about it is mm. it's all about Daniel Craig's face in that, like, it's just the ex- mm. the level of expression <sighs> he can get across with just his face is incredible. Um, it's like the direction was, you need to be 100% arrogance right here. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just when, when the guy says, oh, something like, I hope, like, is it, I hear it gets easier. And then... He shoots him and just like considerable. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh. But like Bond, take Bond is like he's a bit of a dick in this, isn't he? Like he's he's much more flawed and complex and a bit. He comes across as a bit like twisted and evil at times, doesn't he? Yeah. So oh, he's, a, he's a sociopath, yeah. nearly. Uh, except for ugh, all the stuff. I think it's it, well. It is obviously meant to be a prequel, like origin story, and I think it sets it up really, really well. Uh, if I'd had, if I understood Bond a bit better, I would have been watching this whole film going, "Oh, Eva Green's definitely gonna die." Yeah, one hundred percent. That's yeah. uh, we'll put a pin in that because that's the only bit of the film that doesn't work for me entirely. But well, what right. surprise! It's the romance. But back to the the point about Bond being Eve kind of evil is it's really Pierce Brosnan and Sean Connery's Bonds that are the lovable, cheesy, yeah. tagline-y ones. Sean Connery is a rapist. Yeah, Sean Connery okay, is a we bastard. We just have to throw... Th- yeah. Uh, no, I mean, sorry, his Doctor... No. <laughs> yes, his no. Doctor Who. <laughs> Didn't mean to. <laughs> his character... His Doctor Who. <laughs> James Bond, as played by Sean Connery, is a rapist. Yeah, like he, he is. is a disgusting human being. Yeah. This is one of the reasons like I really struggle yeah. with yeah. early James Bond because it's I get that it's a character and it's all supposed to be on a theme and everything, but one of the reasons I like Daniel Craig's as much is that he is very flawed. He, you know, he 
because Daniel Craig is such a good actor, you can see he is bothered by the violence Mm. that is begotten from what he does for work. You know, doesn't say a word, but like that bit where he's standing on the beach and Mm. the body's in the hammock, like you can see it's written all over him that he's absolutely crushed by this. And of course, he's just cool as cucumber when he's talking to M. Whereas Sean Connery's James Bond would have probably tried to fuck the corpse. Yeah, and Roger Roger Moore would have been like, she's looking a bit washed up. With like a wink. Oh, I was like, oh, you bastard. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Timothy Dalton, at least in fairness, would have taken one look at that and then killed every last mother's son that was involved. Oh, yeah. He, Timothy Dalton would have killed everyone on the beach, whether they were like adjacent to the murder or not. Everybody would be dead. His yeah. bond was just revenge. Yeah, I think, like, I had to remind myself this film is, what, 15 years old now? Yeah, like, it's aged it's, well. It has, in some aspects, I have real issues with how women are portrayed in the film, but that's like a general observation on Bond. Um, but yeah, so that, yeah, that hasn't... The, the first woman that he sleeps with is a li- literal tool. She is yeah. a means to an end, that's it. Yeah. Um, um, but, even, if, but even Vesper, I think, like, she's... You know, she's brought in as this kind of strong-willed, you know, kind of well-able for him, you know, kind of yeah. almost like an equal. But then it defaults to, you know her crying in the shower and him comforting her and that and um so she and she's the the damsel in distress um but then the only redeeming bit is how her story finishes out mm. um but i just found myself cringing a couple of times in the film at like how women are treated and like little things like the table the, the poker table and you had i think two female characters who got nothing to say um yeah. and so you know it's, it's just little things like that i think um, if it wasn't for Judy Dench and M, um, you know, it, it would feel like more classic Bond, I think, in the way it yeah. portrays women. And she's but, even uh, great in the Pierce Brosnan films. She is, in Die Another Day, she is brutal. Like, when he's brought yeah. back from being tortured, she's like, yeah, no, I wouldn't have brought you back. You should be dead. <laughs> Fuck! My, my, my favourite line in the whole film is... When she goes, Christ, I missed the Cold War. Yes! Because <laughs> yeah. it was so much easier back then. Oh, so, so as someone who's... So explain to me, because I'm... I know Bond, I watch Bond, but I'm not like massively into the the kind of... Um, the mythology of Bond. But obviously, mm. Judy Dench and M are brought over from uh, the Brosnan era. But chronologically, it doesn't make sense, right? So this is my favourite thing to talk about in the Bond universe. And I something, wish... Something, something that doesn't make sense you want to talk about. Yeah, something that doesn't make sense. I I want... it. You can see... That is the sound of my brain hitting against my own skull. I want... Because there is such an easy way out for this to make sense. It's so, so easy. Pierce Brosnan, Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Daniel Craig, Lazenby, Dalton... They, they're all Bond. And they're all different people who are Bond. Code name. And the, or... the code name James Bond and 007 is passed on from person to person to person. The reason Judy Dench is there is because she's just initiated a new James Bond. So she would have known Pierce Brosnan as well. However, no, that doesn't work. With the later films, right? With because, the later films. Yeah. It also... Oh, this, particularly Skyfall and Spectre, I think. Yeah, because that that's going that into... That be a thing. Exactly. So much about him being yeah. an orphan. Um, there's a few other reasons why it doesn't work as well. Um, 
the the biggest one is that Dalton in License to Kill references being married and his wife being killed, and that happened to Lazenby and Sean Connery as well. So, oh, did it happen to Connery? And I'm sure it was Connery that got married. Uh, or it was... No, Lazenby got married. It's one of the reasons, I think. Because the other reason I th- know about that film, having not seen it, is people going, oh, everyone hated this, and Bond yeah. got married, and then so they sacked him, and they brought back Connery. Yeah, and I she, I think she... Does she die in Lazenby's film or in Connery's? No, Lazenby's film. Yeah, either way, it's yeah. referenced in a Dalton film. So there's now too much inconsistency for that to be a thing. So I think they just liked M, and they didn't want to change too much at once to be honest um yeah so it's like section 31 in star trek essentially <laughs> it just keeps yeah getting... um it's it's just one step removed from doctor who like regenerating each time yeah. but okay. it from from the craig films they had that opportunity of saying nope this is a new bond this is how it happens i think the other downside of doing that is that if you're going to be true to that you've got to have another casino royale as your next film so you've got to do another initiation for another new Bond and you get the Spider-Man effect of having to do the same origin story three times in ten years. Yeah, makes sense. Mm. So okay. They're Thank sitting you. on the fence with it, basically. Yeah. Thank you for that. I knew you'd have some comments on it. Oh, uh, well, not surprised that yeah. that bugs me because he has and, a different the, face, but she doesn't. And the other question I have is um, Jeffrey Wright's character... Yes. He comes Sorry, back. that's the other reason it yeah. doesn't work. Felix Leiter. Unless yeah. Felix Leiter is also a code name, that's the other reason it falls apart, because he is throughout the franchise. Yeah. He's basically like American sidekick, isn't he, more or less? Correct. Right, yeah. okay. So he's a he's a big old chubby American in the Brosnan years. He's a suave American in the Dalton years, and yeah. He's so good in this film. Oh, like He plays not. the... Um, the, the American kind of spy master mm. slash it's just the quips and the quotes he's coming out with I'm just like oh, you are playing yourself so stereotypical and I love this but but he hasn't got the arrogance he hasn't got the stereotypical it, yeah. combative he actually wants to help Bond because he respects him so he's like look I'm hemorrhaging chips I'm pretty shit at poker would you like to take my money because I know you can win <laughs> like you know I'm really shit at poker yeah. why are you in a high stakes 10 million buy-in game yeah. then and I love that there's one of the hands where like Bond and Lashif are just like going head to head and he's just like well clearly somebody fucking knows something I don't like fold <laughs> can somebody clue me into what's going on oh I love um obviously I kind of jump but there's the, the other players at the table like I'm sure they have stories. I'm sure they were able to walk in with $10 million to buy in. Like, you know, we get some dialogue, anything? No, 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 no. no they're all Gooseberries. They're all just like, they're watching Bond and Lashif go at it. So I've got I've got a, a request of the um, the whole Bond franchise. The, the guy who's actually running the game, at the end of it, Daniel Craig mm. tips him like a million dollars. 500,000. Yeah. Uh, or 500,000. I, I want to know what he got up to after that. Did he retire? Did he go on and have a nice life? Did he just it's carry on? It's the way on? that he accepts it. He just, he's went, just Thank like, you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. As if it was 20 quid. Like, But I reckon he's, yeah. I reckon he's loaded. I think he's earning a lot. Apparently he is actually... people working that party. Yeah, apparently he is a genuine one of those in real life. Um, well I was thinking actually just because there's a lot of wide shots of him dealing out the cards yeah. now look I'm not in any way saying dealing cards is easy but you can 
learn a couple of tricks fairly quickly, but he looked completely natural yeah, he doing it. You know. But I did I did come um, across a review where clearly someone who's um on Ian's wavelength, being an intensely analytical nerd, and said that he was dealing in the American style and not the Eastern Europeans or European <laughs> that's style. Fucking fantastic. By kind of like the way he threw the cards across. Yeah. Whereas in the European style, apparently you place the card on the table and you slide it to the player. Interesting. Um, but this guy is actually okay. European. So there was like this whole article about like, is it's almost like a complete conundrum. Like how could, and it's just like, maybe he just learned it that way, you know? Okay. But um, yeah. it felt like something Ian would take great pleasure in spending oh, six I, hours trying to figure out. in joke. Yeah. If uh. I was on this, um, Cinema Sins have obviously already done it, but if I was on this, I would have, yeah, <laughs> I would have dug right into that. And the poker, the poker in particular in this game is fucking phenomenal. Like the, as in the odds of the hands yeah. that you see, regardless of this going across two days, there's a straight flush, two full houses, and a, and a regular flush on the same fucking hand. How? That's not possible. It's astronomical. These are cards, I assume. Yes, these are these are winning hands. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Unlikely. So I've just, I just told everyone who's listening that if anyone is ever playing me at poker, you're probably gonna do pretty well. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. No, sometimes people yeah. that don't have a bluff or a tell or anything at all are really good at playing poker because you overanalyze them. I was like, oh, he must be, that must be his tell. Oh, no. Wait he, a minute. Just... he hasn't started crying blood. That yeah. means he's got good cards. <laughs> no, he was just drinking. Oh, he was just drinking. Okay, that doesn't mean he's can, got good cards. Can I, get, can I get my other bugbears out now as we're on this yes. slight rat moment? So uh, the, the product yeah. placement is hilarious in this film. Like the <laughs> yeah, amount of shots Quite of Sony Ericsson. The Vio, the Sony Vio laptop. Yeah, and uh, yeah. when when she goes, is that a Rolex? And he goes, Omega. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, yeah, bloody hell. No, like it's funny because there's the ones you expect. You expect the Aston Martin, you know, like that's fine. Did you expect that? Did you did still. you expect the Ford Mondeo? I did not that's expect so the Ford weird. Mondeo. That gets such a glory shot. It's so shot. strange. Strange. It's yeah. such like it gets a, a bigger glory shot than the Aston Martin and, does, and it survives like intact. Yes. So essentially. The motto is buy a Ford Mondeo. Um, and the other one yeah. that, I, that cracked me up was Virgin Atlantic and the little cameo from um, Richard Branson. Richard I hate it. I couldn't hate it more than did if you, they it had... It was so... And did you, did you <sighs> see that when British Airways were playing this on their planes, um, they edited him out of the film? Oh, get and lost. There's, there's a bit where there's a, uh, a shot and you see a Virgin Atlantic um, plane at the airport. They actually did something to obscure the tail of the plane so you wouldn't see the brand. It's oh, just that's like, ridiculous. I could just imagine the conversations they were having about those edits. It could be quite funny. So, um, yeah. There that is go. actually... Guts. But that, that is... Uh, that, that's my other kind of like, oh, it's so mid noughties that kind of product placement. It's really, really blatant. Like, um, it didn't... I don't know. It, it didn't take me out of the film, but I was just like, no, I see you. I see what you're doing. Yeah. It's it. like, remember every yeah. music video around then as well had, there was always a shot where they'd be looking yeah. at something on their phone and it'd just linger for like two or three seconds longer than it should. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or any speaker ever had Beats by Dre logo on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like me, I had the logo on my yeah. face in the mid, yeah. mid 2000s. Um, I, oh. I do have a, an interesting inside story about the, the Aston Martin that's in this. Thank you to to Joe. Um, so Joe works for... Uh, can I... 
Yeah, anyway, he works for Aston Martin. That doesn't matter. Um, <gasps> uh, he does, like, software things. I'm, I know what your job is, John. I'm not going to go into it. I know you do more than just software things. But um, obviously this has been... Aston Martin is such a big thing with James Bond. They have a bit invested in a James Bond film coming out. And according to my good friend Joe, the um, the Aston Martin that we see wasn't meant to be in the film because it hadn't been made yet. Yeah. So they did this big meeting about which Aston Martin they were going to use and which model. And on the way out of the meeting, the the guy from the Bond crew saw the DB10 concept design on his way out. And he was like, no, we need that one. And they were like, no, it's not ready for like another two years. They're like, yeah, no, no, we're going to need that one. So, so they've they've got, a, apparently it's a cheapy V8, cheap V8 Vantage with a DV10 shell put over it. So all of the interior of the car is wrong. And also, I, I saw somewhere that like, um, when they did the the crash scene where he almost runs over yeah. Vesper, that they, in one day, destroyed... Seven? No, it was three Aston Martins at a cost of 300 grand each. I was thinking, I was thinking like, you know what, they just put a shell on a Mini... Yeah, right. again, just, just put like, a shell know, on Ford Mondeo. Just, I was just going to say the same. Like, <laughs> no, it'll survive. If this is a gritty, real new Bond, put him in a Ford Mondeo. Put him in a yeah. Picasso or yeah. something, you know. Uh, yeah. Put him in a fucking okay. Landy. Never, never understood yeah. that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or smart car. <laughs> you know I mean? That will roll. That will no, absolutely, that would have killed him. The smart car is the boring thing. They always went for the small little dingy cars and boring. <sighs> yeah, something oh, yeah. European. Which is um, interesting because you can tell the influence of Bourne on this. Oh, of course you can, which is weird considering Bourne is Bond, basically. Yeah. What I think Bourne, Mission Impossible and Bond all borrow a lot in terms yeah. of style. Yeah. And, and also because you don't want to be then the action franchise with less, with less action. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, um, like, you know, Bond back back in the day was still action we just looked at action a lot different mm. back then you know it's like ooh, he drove a car in this that's that's pretty cool like it's yeah like whereas in this one it's like you know biggest airplane ever made i do love that uh, so much that when the, he does the handbrake turn the jackknife tanker into the side of the plane and the look on craig's face is like oh fuck 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 but there's there's actually a real uh, blooper that I noticed this time. Do you remember they actually shoot the wheels of the the tanker? Yes. Yes. When the shot finishes from him stopping the tanker, they've reinflated again. Mm, oh god! Magic. Yeah. Look at that. Oh. Yeah. I thought it. I, what I thought was funny about that was so this is in the Miami airport, and I mean, of course, the airport police have like machine guns. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, and maybe they do, but I just thought, like, hey, you know what? Post post nine eleven, yeah, actually, I reckon they do. And quite, quite short after this, because does that get to a shout out in the film? Um, yeah, when M, M, M is about talking it, yeah. about nine twelve, wasn't yeah. it? Someone got really rich on airplane stock. Yeah, right? and she's Dumping basically stock, accusing yeah. Lashif of not planning nine eleven, but knowing about it and investing appropriately to benefit some bad people. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. They're like, would you not really easily trade? That's so. Lashif's plan, right? So <laughs> I will destroy this plane, having bet against it. Yeah, is that not like really? So I suppose maybe because it's international. No, but you like how do you? Yeah, trace no. That? There's nothing they can do, even if yeah, it looks dodgy. But that's how they do know about him. 
so that they know about him because he's investing all of this dodgy money, but it they can't link him to the disaster itself. Um, okay. whenever whatever it happens, it's not a hideous plan. But do you want to talk about Lashif and our man Mads? Yeah. So this was my first experience of Mads, and I love him. Oh, he's so uh, I think he's good. He's fantastic in this film, yeah. as he is in pretty much everything I've seen yeah. him in so far. Um, I've seen him in that winter but, thing. S- snow? Not snow. It's him on okay. ice. <laughs> him on uh, mm. No. Right, have a think about that one yep. and come back to us. I'm going to come back it's to you with that not one. ringing any bells. Um, but, I mean, he is... He's proper... Like, when he wants to be scary in this, he can be scary. And when he's playing charming... Okay, he doesn't play charming that often. He's no. more of a cold charm. But it's very good. Oh, he's got a great range. Like, um... I don't like, um, and I'm not going to give much context to this, but I don't like what Spectre did in terms of Lashif, and that's all I can say about that. Yeah, we'll get to that with me, yeah. I know what you mean, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Polar, Um, sorry, he was in a film called Polar, which was a Netflix film. Um, Yeah, kind of like Taken mixed with um, Scott Pilgrim versus The World or whatever that film was. He, Super stylized, but no, it's good. It's good. Perfect. I seem to I seem to remember reading somewhere that like he was like a semi pro gymnast at one point. That <laughs> would not surprise me. Which was quite. It's like these stories about Benedict Cumberbatch. Like he learned to play the violin in forty eight hours. Yeah. Like anything about Mads, I'll believe it. But and it's interesting when you know you kind of think about he plays the role very minimally, doesn't he? It's like it's all yes. about that stare and that evil glint in his eye. Um, and just his posture is kind of amazing. But it's the bit that for me was just like I'm totally, I'm totally bought into this performances at the end when he's about to meet his maker and he breaks down and he's like, oh, I'll get you, I'll get the money, you know, like that. He's just like a really desperate man for someone who you know plays poker all the time and um, yeah, and he's controlling all of the chess pieces. Yeah. But the two times that he's confronted. He's there's no like mustache twirling, there's no superpowers or omnipotent, all knowing brain. Like, he could have easily been killed in his own hotel room when he lost the money the first time, yeah. and he is killed by the people who catch up to him at the end. Yeah, and the, the thing I really loved about this film as well is that there's no sort of let's try and maintain the illusion of Bond being this like billionaire. Um, he knows Bond is there and what he's there mm. to do. Oh, I love but that. But it does, it does not I stop do him. I love that. And I love it, that. It's a big f- unnecessary fuck you to Vespa. Yeah. But it is it is so worth it when they go up to the front desk and it's like, oh, Mr. Beach? I was like, no, Bond, James Bond. And she's like, fuck you so hard. <laughs> and she <laughs> does. Have to do that. Yeah. But okay. no, it's just so, um, it's so great. It's like, yeah, no, he knows. Come on, don't be a dick. They always know. The bad guy I'm, always knows that it's Bond. It's always his course, undoing. Because Bond is the worst fucking spy in the world. He, Everyone knows he him. He always uses his name, unless it's very obvious yeah, that exactly. he isn't using his name. You <laughs> know like, his name. James, did anyone yeah, explain do. to you what, you know, espionage is about? No? Nope. Oh, okay, nope. that's that's fine. Nope. I've heard he is probably the longest surviving spy in history. Yeah. I mean, let's see, he was he was in his mid forties in like the early nineteen sixties. Yeah. 
So it's you know. still one of my big bugbears for any of these films. It's like no one can fire a bullet and hit you. Like the amount of times he should have been shot. Ooh. But and and if you think about it, like there's that one moment on the crane at the start he's where dead. the guy he's pulled the gun, he's shot. He's it. dead. The amount he's this dead. is for the entire franchise. The amount of times that Bond has been saved by an empty empty yeah. gun is astronomical. Like for it's all such, of the it's such, great... a, it's such a cliche now, isn't it? It's like I just uh, don't do it. Yeah. Just. Let him drop the gun or I, I t- anything but that. Because mm. it, it's been done now, we get it. Like, that's not an impressive way to survive. But then later in the film, the bit I loved was when the guy pulls out the, the nail gun at him. I thought, that's clever. Yes. Yeah. That's well, unexpected. The only thing I do like about the, the gun being empty is that your man just throws it at him. Craig catches it yeah, and throws it, it back. <laughs> yeah, I like do you know what actually funny enough, but one thing I noticed during that whole scene was your man, the freerunner, is an excellent shot. Because at one point, like, you know, Bond is driving through everything in the JCB and there's, you know, bricks and mortar flying everywhere. Your man turns around, fires twice and it hits the glass. Yeah. Now, it just happens on, to be yeah. the one JCB that has bulletproof yeah, glass on it. Yeah, not been bulletproof glass. Like, how did Bond manage yeah. to pick the one JCB that had been created by, um, not Boeing? Who's the people that makes all of the, the, the arms and stuff? Oh, oh, feck, that'll... No, that'll annoy me now. It sounds like um, Boeing. Bearing? It's not Boeing. It bearing? Something like that? Anyway. It'll come back no. to me. Uh, while that is furiously <laughs> Google. I'm just uh, going to Google what? arms Arms, arms <laughs> Find this man! Oh, my God. What, what does Bond have against... Uh, was it the Nabutu embassy? Yeah, what, what he fuck got those guys. Him? I mean, like, holy shit, a lot of them died. They're just going to work yeah. that day. Like. It's kind of like in for a penny, in for a pound. You can see the cogs turning, and he's like, well, kind of in this now. <laughs> Boom, just kill all of them. But the thing yeah. is, like, you, yeah, you, he did violate the one place that is unviolatable, and with zero consequences. Yeah, nothing, it's fine. Yep. And his face plastered all over the internet. Yep. And, you know, he just walks up to a place in Miami yep. and says, hello, I'll check in here. Could you please not kill everyone? Yep. Man who everyone in the world knows. Yep. I love that line when it's um, M just like, usually when an agent, it leads to the Cold War comment, which is like, usually when an agent yeah. fucks up this bad, they had the good decency to defect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, That's so good. Um, um, she's so sick of Bond and his shit. Like, she's more sick of Bond at the beginning of his career than she is... At Pierce Brosnan's stage. Like, yeah. I'm so done with you. You've only known him for like six months. Imagine how much of a shit he was before he was a double O. <laughs> uh, do, do, so, I know there are other codes. What's a double O six? It's all the same. Sean Bean double O nine? Sean Bean was double O six, I think. Um, it's all the same. Okay. They're all part of... The double the O is just licensed to kill. Um, so you have a lot of discretion. Okay. So there's just there's more than one of them. Um, so obviously Craig retires, not Craig, Bond retires in whatever this film is. He isn't a double O agent at the minute because you've got your lady that's the current 007, whose name I forgot. Oh, okay. No, um, me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, which was, I don't, uh, it's one bit of the marketing for No Time to Die I really didn't like was kind of pitching this is the next James Bond like she's not though is she I'm I would love it if she was but she's not because that's that's not what this this film's about yeah 
No, it's not because oh, you're such a dick. No, because it's it, <sighs> it was a be, cheap marketing. Plan, yeah, it, it, it would be such an obvious spoiler if it was. Do you know exactly? Yeah, yeah. Mm. but I can see why the marketers did it because they were like, "This will get people talking." Yeah, uh, and it did, and and it did, yeah. yeah. Um, um, hmm. No theme. Ava Green. Okay, you first. Oh. All right, Grant. <laughs> so we, we all just jumped in there. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick to this one. Ava Green. Um, so again, this was my first Ava Green uh, experience. Uh, it was a good one. Um, and I think having watched her now in lots of things, mm. one, she doesn't age, which is just like she is a witch. I think she was um, 27 or 28 when she did this. Okay. So I think she's 41 now or 42, something like that. Yeah. Um, I really, really like her in this. Uh, now, you, you're right, Albie. She does suffer a little bit from no, no. We need a damsel now. Yeah, and which is annoying because that's not how she's set up. Yeah. Um, um. But but if you think about it in the context of the era, actually, it was such a progressive female mm. role for Bond at the time. Um. You know, thankfully, mm. it's moved on from then. But at least they they gave her some punch, as in like. That opening scene between her and Bond, where they're like sizing each other up and stuff, is so. It's better than any fist fight, I think, in a way. Like it's. Oh, definitely. She is totally as, disarmed by him. As soon yeah. as he starts analysing her, she's like, "Yeah, two can play this game," and just completely analyses him back. And it's the only thing that's a little bit patronising is that you can see that Bond is attracted to her, but doesn't think much of her. Until she has that line. And then he's like, oh, now I'm impressed. Why didn't you start there, Bond? Why didn't you start by giving, assuming she was intelligent instead of assuming the opposite? But that's, I think that's always going to be Bond. Yeah. I think so. I think as well, like, from what I know about Bond, a lot of which is the Craig films, uh, but everyone is a means to an end. M is a means to an end. Everyone is. So... It's almost not personal in how much he just doesn't have any respect for anyone. Mm. Um, you know, if it's how he's trained, he needed probably. to. Well, I presume you have to be at least somewhat psychopathic to do yeah. this job. You know, uh, he even makes a crack of it, like you know, kind of this. None of this bothers you. So I wouldn't be very good at my job if I did. Yeah. Like, I think that's probably the biggest warning he could possibly <laughs> red flag, give. Her red flag. Red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, but no, I think she's really, really good. So the only thing that I don't... The, the thing that comes off as a bit... We need to do this because the plot requires us to do this is Bond um, quitting, saying I love you and you've broken me and we're, we're going to be together forever oh, and running away. And I was like, this is odd because we've got about 20 minutes left. So something's going to happen. The problem is well, it's, like so, definitely dead at this yeah, point. it's so heavy-handed... Yeah. I can't appreciate the moment because I was like, no, this is you building Bond up to here so that you can bring him back down. Also, yeah, also, it's just like he's literally just started his 007 career. And he's like, "Mm, yeah. Yeah. It also, if if she is the one, it does make it hard to buy into any relationship that happens after After. this as well, unless he decides to quit Mm. for them. So it's, it was. I can see why they went that direction and why they it needed to do something different. But it, I feel like you have an entire film up until he quits, and then he quits, and you have like a little coda that's a bit odd. 
I almost would have yeah. liked that coda to be at the beginning of Quantum of Solace. Because Quantum, it does feel like Quantum of Solace is okay. all about <laughs> the last ten minutes of Casino Royale. It's not its own yeah. film. Because mm. one th- one thing that kind of annoyed me in that whole section was your man's stupid glasses. What from Hannibal? What was the point? Oh, sorry, him. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your man. One lens, what was the one point without, of that? Because right? yeah, because first of all, that's bloody stupid way of getting a pair of sunglasses. You've been ripped off, mate. I'd say it was like, you know, kind of, right, is it, are we then to assume this is like some sort of video tech in one of them? You know, maybe it's an eyepiece or something, but he's such a nothing character. Mm. What was the point of giving him this distinctive thing? As opposed to say, well, Lushif has the eyes, but he's our main villain, really. So like, that's okay. Yeah. Actually, he's got nail guns in the eye though. And that was pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty cool. But there was, there was, there was a bit of talk this week about how, what Bond seems to do all the time is we want to make somebody bad, disfigure their face. Yeah, yeah, because you've got um, the world is not enough. You've got your man that's got a bullet in his head. Die another day, you've got diamond face. Um, yeah. Jonathan Price is the only one that kind of gets away unharmed. <laughs> it's just, it's just um, uh, not Bill Gates, the other one. Apple. Steve Jobs. Steve, Steve Jobs. Jobs, yeah. He's just Steve Jobs in the Bond world. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, obviously, Blofeld, since time immemorial, has the big scar. Um, and I, I, the, now this is from the trailer, but Rami Malik is yeah. completely disfigured as well on one side of his face. And yeah, it's kind of like. So the, the comment, which I think is fair, is like, you know, people without disfigurations can also yeah, be bad. Can be evil. Just, just, just it's, not, it's, you know. it's actually, I was reading an article today, nothing to do with Bond, but talking about how. The new trope is um, characters who are bi tend to be evil. Um, oh, and, that's dangerous. And it's mainly in TV, but like, or they tend to be villains or stuff like that. And so it, fe- it feels know. a bit like that where it's kind of, you know. they're mysterious and we don't understand them and they, they do yeah, things. Yeah, but also like, like Sean says, you know, that does not make them a villain. It's just. No, you, you can have I one without the other. Tro- yeah. That old trope, sorry, and if you just said this, it says, oh, well, you know, if they can't pick one, then they're not trustworthy. Yeah, there's got to be... You, know, it's, you, you couldn't possibly put your face in it because they'll always be 50-50 or something. Yeah, it's putting it down to mental deficiency, isn't it? Which is just yeah. frustratingly <laughs> stupid and outdated. Um, but I, I, do, I do love the chief just like, don't worry, nothing sinister, just my eye is weeping blood. <laughs> it, because it is so fucking sinister, yeah. you had to put that in the script. He, he should have just turned to the camera and said, don't worry. And apparently, apparently that, that apparently that is a genuine condition you can have. I'm um, sure it is, yeah. but it's it's still sinister as fuck. Oh yeah, <laughs> must be some conversation piece at parties though. Yeah, you're sitting there, and you know when you say you laugh so hard you cry. Yeah, well, that must be really fucking yeah, different. Sometimes you know. Ah, ah! It'd be like my accent on the other hand. That is sinister. Yeah, exactly. Yes, everything else that I'm doing is yeah. you are perceiving this correctly. I just I love how he delivers the inconvenience that is Bond saving the plane, because the guy phones him and he's like, "I don't know how much money we just lost," and the chief is like, "Yeah, one hundred and ten million. Not to worry. <laughs> he's so calm and level about it. I'm gonna go play some poker. <laughs> yep, I have a plan B. Right, what's your plan B? Is it to get money from somewhere else? Have you got like a backup stash? No, bear with me now. I'm gonna invite ten people, ten million dollars each, and I'm gonna beat all ten of them at poker. 
there's a good chance that there's going to be a British spy, but don't worry, he'll know that I know that, uh, and I'm going to poison him. <laughs> That's your plan? Steve, <laughs> will you go back to numbers, please? Yes. You're, you're good at numbers. It's, it's everything else now. Yeah. Is, mm. I mean, so on that scene, I there's so many set pieces in this film I love, but the Bond being poisoned and having to logic his way through that step by step is so satisfying. It, yeah. Just that I'm going to grab the salt, grab the water, go to the bathroom, make myself vomit. Shit, that didn't work. Defibrillators to the car. M, help! I can't get mm. this to work. And I, I love that sequence as well because it's like it's sort of believable in a way and it's the biggest challenge he faces in the movie. It is. But again, there was a goof in it that made me come out of the moment which is, do you remember when he plugs back in the little wire into the defibrillator? Yeah. It keeps hopping in and out um, when they cut between scenes. So um, <laughs> it's like... Amazing. Ah, oh. But I think it's, it's a mix between the way Daniel Craig holds it and the makeup, like when they get him and Lashif sweaty, I don't know what it is about the way that they're sweaty, but it seems really natural and like a genuine panic has washed over them. Um, and like, and everyone's in bad need of a shower. Yeah, like exactly. You can nearly smell them through yeah. the TV. I mean, but the scene, the scene where he's tortured naked. So I mean, so I mean, it's not so good because it's like, ugh. But like that is genius, and I just love the way he's perfection. like. Um, what's it? Everyone's going to know you were scratching like... my balls. I was just like, oh, such a oh, good yeah, one. The, the last thing he did before you died was to scratch, scratch my balls. balls. And it's a, it's a genuine way to, not that I know, but it's a way to get through torture is, is to Joke. just think of a happy place. Yeah. Imagine it's it's a good feeling and it's not pain. Um, it's so, so good. All right. I'm watching you around things like Hellraiser from now on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> angels to some. Demons well, to others. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, to the left, I, I to the left a bit. What I love in that scene as well is that all of the carefully laid plans are just not chuck them to the side. I, it's you, me, your balls, and this rope. Give me the fucking. Yeah, money. this is give me your lunch money. Like, oh, you're right. Yeah. All of the elaborate plans are out the window. It's like, nope, you're gonna, you're gonna give it to me. This is a standard hello and tala where I grew up. Like, <laughs> you know, this is you just kind of get used to it. Really, after a while, it's grand. I never had the money. I've no feeling down there anymore, but it's fine. Like, but yeah, Bond is buff in this, isn't he? Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, more buff. This is the. But buffest you know what he is? Been. But he is. He's pre-Marvel. Now, I th- I think I'm actually concerned. Like, if the next uh, 007 James Bond, whether they continue with Nomi or or is going to be like, oh, well, before you came to work today, you stopped by the protein factory. You ate the protein factory. Yeah, because. I'm- that is a thing that has come out of things like Captain America. And hey, it's lovely to look at. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But everyone <clears throat> is jacked to the nines. So I can't think of an example other than Craig where it's been, in quotation marks, a normal person. Because prior to this, the buff, buff, buff bod was for your, your pretty cheesy action film. Some Schwarzenegger, um, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham. But now you're right. It is... All of the Marvel films, it is expected that your leading man is just ripped beyond recognition. And it's it's well past overdue that men were, um, what do you call it? Men were objectified as as much as sadly women have been. But could we, could we not just 
have toned down women being objectified instead of bringing men up to the same impossible standard because now it does it would be weird if bond doesn't look like craig and pierce brosnan is topless in a good chunk of die another day and he's not ripped he's he's not in bad shape at all but he's a big hairy teddy bear he, he's he, he isn't anywhere near as cut as craig is unlike sean connery back in the day he was he basically had a beer belly bring back the dad bod bond yeah, the dad bod bond so i don't know it's um which would make much more sense if you're trying to be a spy and blend into places yeah, no, it's true it's true sorry <laughs> and we wonder so, no, where body yeah. dysmorphia comes from it's just well like, there's no need to wonder is yeah. there it's media yeah. it's tv it's tv shows it's magazines but we ain't gonna fix it yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The, so don't even. That's try. the other no. thing. I think the marketing relied on quite heavily for this was Bond coming out, the, Bond, Bond coming out of the water in the La Perla yeah. shorts. Yeah. Made me question some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you'd, again, you'd never seen Bond do that. That was, and it's it's deliberately coming out of the ocean because that is what the Bond girl does. It's they're underwater, they flick the hair back, they walk to the shore in a bikini, but this time it's it's Bond. You know, it wasn't actually. And they still managed to do that. Yes, yes they do. Um, yeah, with um, the chief's girlfriend, Katrina Marone. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that scene with Bondo wasn't actually scripted. So, because I was reading this, just that some he was he was supposed to be just floating in the water, um, but he hit a sandbar or something, and got up and kind of did it out of the water, and they were like, "Ooh, we're just oh. going to use this for some promotional material and then it made it into the movie. So. Oh, that's excellent. Imagine having like that swagger. Like this wasn't even, no one's directing me. This is just how I yeah. exit the water. Like I don't get wet. The water gets Daniel Craig. Yeah. That's actually excellent. <laughs> um, funny, just you mentioned obviously the director, Martin Campbell, who I think he just, I think he does a fabulous job in this film. Um, the other film I know him from is Green Lantern. Yes. Good lord, and, it is. And Goldeneye. He he also directed Goldeneye, so it was there. Did he? That's why they brought him on for this film, because they were like, he introduced Pierce Brosnan to the world, he can do the same for Craig. Nice. Okay. And Goldeneye's fantastic. Yeah. Oh. I I will eventually watch I just missed it <sighs> in the in life. Good. Oh, it's so um, good. It's it's probably the it is the most nineties of the Brosnan films, but it's Fantastic. That bit of him driving a tanker. Oh, man. I love oh, that. it's Absolutely. so yeah. freaking good. Um, so good. Martin Campbell, also known for the two um, Zorro films, were the other kind of big films that he directed. <laughs> okay. This guy. I believe they're enjoyable. No, I loved them when I was they're younger. Bad, I don't yeah. think they've held yeah. up very well. But Interesting. Um, he edited, uh, sorry, here's just extreme geekdom, edited Stuart by Baird. Stuart Baird. Who is known for directing Star Trek Nemesis? Directing in inverted commas. Yeah, Ooh, he didn't know with, he was directing a Star Trek film, though. <laughs> with problem. Laverne Burton. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Never has a man uh, been so ill prepared to take on a franchise. Which one of you carries the lightsaber? Well, get out, get out, get exactly, out! It would be like asking him to take on Doctor Who. Like, cool, yeah, I can do this. Do, it has 60 years of history? Nah, it's fine. Nah, wing it. Um, So the lack, uh, the music, the music in this film. So the lack of a Bond theme. I was such a gatekeeper in 2006. I disliked everybody that liked David Tennant because 
you just like him because he's pretty and you're not a proper Doctor Who fan. Um, this isn't real James Bond because he doesn't drink a martini shaken, not stirred. There isn't Q in it. He doesn't have gadgets and there isn't the Bond theme. But however, I was 16 and a dick. I grew out of that gatekeeper nonsense, unlike some people. Um, but it genuinely bugged me at the time that there was no Bond theme. I was waiting the entire film for it. And I, I was even hoping over the finishing credits we would... Do we get it? You do get... You it's do... incredibly loud. Sorry. Of no, closing no, no, credits. Meant... It's the final Sorry. scene. Yeah, but it's but... not actually in the film itself. No, is what, there what is I mean. there is there is hints of it. There is definitely yeah. hints. There's statements of it. Yeah, um, I actually like David Arnold's theme love for it. this. The, basically, you know my name. Yeah, love yeah. it. It's and brilliant. then in between that, yeah, you're right. There is hints of. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I just yeah. I wanted it. I wanted it, and it just uh, never came. I think I remember at the time, kind of going, "When are they going to play the James Bond theme?" Yeah. Even I, like everyone has heard the James mm-hmm. Bond theme. Uh, it's just one of those pieces of music. So I did go in expecting it. And I love where they place it. Um, but yeah, I think maybe... I think I was just like, ooh, prequel. They haven't written the music. Well, that's oh, kind yeah. of it, isn't it? He hasn't yeah. earned his theme music yet. <laughs> this yeah. is kind of... You get your double O's, you do a couple missions, right, how do you like this? Um, but I do love um, Chris Cornell, rest his soul. Um, mm. His th- song is... Perfect, especially considering the backlash that Die Another Day by Madonna had received. Yeah. This was such a smart choice of song. And just, you know my name. It's what a genius song title for a Bond prequel. It's so good. Actually, I have to say, I've enjoyed, and obviously we'll discuss them as we go, I've enjoyed every song yeah. of Craig's yeah, era. They're all really, really um, good. The only ropey one is yeah. the Jack White Quantum of Solace one for me, but it's still listenable. It- it's my least favourite of the yeah. lot, but I still like it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I was actually thinking about the score. This is a very, this is a very quiet film. Ironically, mm-hmm. even with all the explosions and driving and everything, there is a lot of sitting and talking. Yeah, it's very I, the, character. The, yeah. Um, yeah, the balls on it to have so much of it dedicated to the poker game. Just it, instead mm-hmm. of it being a token poker match in a Bond film, it is a act. And it is. It makes sense. It's it's a good story in its own right. Um, and to think that it was trying to move away from the stereotypes and the tropes, it brought one back in a pretty big way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just love when they have their hour break in the poker game, and he goes off and like kills someone, gets all oh bloodied up, and then just comes back pristine. <laughs> An entire yeah. Bourne film happens in that hour yeah, break. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then he just comes back and he's like so perfectly polished and like perfect man. And the chief just like, it's a fucking different shirt, dickhead. <laughs> what are the rules of this poker game? Because after he's poisoned, he steps out. <laughs> right? Just excuse but me like, from this Do you one. not forfeit the game if you step out of the game? And then like there's other bits where say people are playing yeah. or they're not playing. And then I got really confused as to the timeline of this game as well. I was like, how long have they actually been playing for? We've now been playing for four hours. We'll take a little break. But wait, yeah. what? So it happens across two days, I believe. And you yeah. can, in theory, fold every single time. But you will eventually lose yeah. by... That's the that's why you have a, a small blind and a big blind. Because eventually you will hemorrhage chips just by being in the match. 
So the 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 big blind yeah. and the small blind rotates around the table. So you have to pay in for each round, even if you fold. So this is this is why Bond has to, even though he's going off to the toilet, he has to pay the big blind. And if he was gone for three hours, each time it came back round to him, he'd have to pay. So he's missing out on opportunities to win his money back. And wasn't it like five hundred grand? Oh, yeah, it was five hundred so grand like, a million. I'm just gonna yeah. th- I'm just gonna throw five hundred grand and go and die. Um, yeah. <laughs> This is worth it. That, I mean, and that's how... Most expensive poisoning ever. Yeah, exactly. This is why it starts at like 10 grand and then gets more and more and more expensive. Because in theory, the, the game could go on indefinitely because your chips could just keep going backwards and forwards. But eventually you mm. get them backed into a corner when they're all in on the first hand. You need okay. to teach us poker, Ian. And I friggin Yeah, it sounds like you know what you're love at. love poker. Love it. So if... So I I think I'm seeing this right. In the last hand, mm-hmm. they like obviously Lashif and James have they've like fourteen, fifteen million or something. Yeah. Like they they have effectively the split entire the pot, pot between, between them, the two of yeah. them. But the two other lads I think have five million and four million. So but because they go all in, because they still seem to be playing the mm-hmm. game. But are they not just too poor? Yeah, to they are. So the running they can only win their money back. So if so the guy that put all of his chips in and it was five million, the guy next to him that went all in as well, put four million in, he would only win his four million back, even if he loses. And then depending on the rules, the guy okay. that's next to him that went all in, so say Lashif and Bond folded, that guy would get his one million back, but lose four million to the guy that put in four million. So you can't get take somebody out of the running if you haven't got the same amount of chips, if that makes you know, sense. You know that gif of the person with all the, like, formulas floating around their head? Yeah, That's that. me right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's I'm tricky. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, although I love, like, you know, basically world economics in general. It's like, so you have more pebbles in your pile oh. than I have in my pile. So that means you are better. Nothing than demonstrates that better than poker and plastic chips. You can have $100 million in front of you and it's actually just a bunch of plastic um yeah yeah that is the way we've just the the way we've just invented money especially now that we've got banks and it's all online banking none of the money actually exists it's just code that's actually (laughs) true if everybody took out all of their money at once there wouldn't be enough money for everybody to have all of their money oh right thank you that's an extra point because so when so get to the end. We get to Venice, and um, so they've trans. You know, Bond has won. Nobody was surprised by this. It was an exciting way of getting there, but this was always going <laughs> unlike how you um, described it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so what? Okay, sorry. Um, sorry. So M rings him and says, "Yeah, I've got a very nice man here from the Treasury." Yeah. Uh, wondering, okay, so he rings his banker or the Swiss guy. Hi, um, what's the story? Oh, oh, that's being... Uh, those funds are being moved right now. So what? Some random bank in Venice had $140 million just sitting there. Like, don't I mean, you have to give so much notice to take out over a certain amount You would from a think, bank? wouldn't you? Unless it's in Switzerland, where, yeah, all of the money in the world is in Switzerland. But, yeah, because uh, yeah, she actually... I did struggle a little bit with that one. Does she have like, it in a brief... She actually physically has the money, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah, so that means she carry in cash. Yeah. Okay. So, but then, and then, so this is my, this is my, so this is my version of Albie and the Wires. <laughs> this is like, 
how the hell did Mr. White get that case? Yeah. That makes no sense to me at all. Like, that can't make sense. It went into the water, and he is sparklingly dry holding the case. Yeah. The bit I love in it is like, please pick a six-letter password. Um, and it's like, just knowing now you have to, like, give two passwords, multi-authentication. Multi oh, three forms of ID, your mother's <laughs> maiden like, name. Yeah. For 180 million, just, just pick a six-letter word. It's fine. Yeah, anything will do. Yeah. You yeah. don't even have to cover it up. I won't look, I promise. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is just like and also he, he it took him quite a while to go oh yeah I've got like 180 million I should probably cash in at some point um, do you know what I mean yeah. it's just yeah anyway. that should have been pretty immediate like if I don't do my expenses properly at work for like <laughs> for like a, a train ticket they're like come on TikTok <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like because it's sort of alluded that there is a decent period of time between his convalescence and them getting to Venice. I'd so, say it's a... I mean, I get that he took yeah. out the tracker. That That's fine. But you're telling me M can't find him. He, he really. said it was it was definitely days because he said M won't miss me for a few days. So even so, yeah, yeah. I'm going to miss 110 million for probably a yeah. few hours right. as well. I have hit transfer. Oh, my phone is ringing. It's not here. Yeah. It's not here. Where the fuck is the money? What? what? What's, I mean... But, but we've just hit send. Yeah. Nope. M should be really pissed because the whole point of this was to get Le Chief and they lose him to the CIA. And, oh, and they lose... And should not have a job. And they lose money as well, don't they? So Yeah. Yeah. They funded terrorism, yeah. which is what they were trying not to do. Yep. Well yeah. done, Whoops. Peeps. This all went So basically, this entire film is a humongous the massive failure. failure. It's sold to us as a win yeah. because he kills somebody at the end of it. But it is a massive failure. This is Dunkirk. Yeah. We can talk about the morale victory, but yeah, it was a huge military <sighs> failure. It's such a good film. I love that. <laughs> um, I uh, did miss the gadgets, well, I'm going to say it. I missed, I know you couldn't do it in this film. It wouldn't have worked, it wouldn't have fit. It doesn't really fit too well in the later films, even with hmm. young Q. Um, oh, we like Ben Wish. Yeah, but... Uh, I missed it. I was like, "Give me some gadgets! I want a laser watch." You got, you got the defibrillator. Oh, good, yeah. brilliant! That's exciting. <laughs> Sorry, defibrillators are great, got... and those portable ones should be everywhere. But yes. still, um, you got the uh, cranes. Lots and lots <laughs> of cranes. They're they're they're, they're gadgets. I've got on yeah. on the crane stuff. This like it sets the tone so quickly. Like just the. The, the fight in the bathroom, in the toilet, and the the free running through um, Madagascar, it's just like, this is the bond you're getting for this film. He is physical, he's rough, he's going to put your head through some porcelain. And we've never seen, like, Bond has almost been PG. Like, you, other than mm. some boobies and some blood, like, he doesn't really do a huge amount of wrestling and fighting. It will be some cheesy chicken wire around the neck, but... He is going to town on that guy in the bathroom. It's brutal. And there's no the score. Bit. There's no music behind it. Yeah, I love the bit when he manages to stop the the tanker and he just gets out and falls on the ground. And it's yes. like, finally, dude, you've just been like <laughs> yeah. going nonstop for days. Because yeah. he's been sprinting around the airport. You know, he's um, had a... The amount of sprinting yeah, this man does in yeah. this film. Oh. Like he's the T-1000. Yeah, yeah. he really is. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, 
I love that though. Like, you know, when they come over and arrest him, he's just like, just yeah. take me, honestly, I'm so just done. Break. <laughs> uh, could you just lift me into the car, would uh, you? Oh, hang on, just let me uh, yeah, watch no, this guy. I'm just, there we go. That's I'm just cool. going to grin while this man implodes. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> hell. Oh, um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, this, like, I loved this film when it came out. Um, I then took a weirdly long time. Like, I didn't see Quantum in the cinema. Because uh, I can't remember how much of a gap there was between. Not them. long, um, but not long I the buzz around it was minimal. I think the marketing was really poor. For, sorry if it was one that you did, Albie, but no, it wasn't. The marketing for it was really poor because all I remember it being was beige and Bond is in love. Like this Bond, film was Bond just... and Olga Korolenko, yeah, just yeah. on the poster, looking mm. a bit like it didn't you know, a Vanity me... Fair cover kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. and I just I didn't get any character from it so i never saw it i think a few friends saw it immediately and they were like yeah just watch casino royale and wait for the next bond film so i totally missed it in the cinema as well question what happened to vesper's boyfriend he comes back doesn't he does he although we oh, never okay. met him we, we do meet him at some we assume point. I that he's dead that. that he died but it's never explicitly yeah. said because like the way Again, this indeterminate, whether it's days or, or whatever, you know, she goes, she takes off the necklaces, all this thing about it's, you know, we're led to believe she's moving on and mm. then and then and then. But like, she's having this lovely time in Venice. Is he having his toenails pulled out or what? Like, <laughs> um, and it com- and also that was, I didn't like the way they explain how she was coerced. Like, you know, oh yeah, she's boyfriend's blackmail. Yeah. Mm. Again, that's the other bit of the female lead character that bugged me. It's just like, you know, it's robbing some power from her, isn't it? Yeah. Double yeah, agent. All of it. Uh, She's yeah. been a pawn the whole time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, um, um, so I did not care for that. I could have done without that. Yeah. Isn't Quantum of Solace when we get Strawberry Fields played by Gemma Arterton? So I'm kind of. God, is it? Look, yeah. Oh my God, is that a character's name? Yeah. Oh, that's that's. I can't even. So, so they don't actually mention her full name apparently in the film. I think they just call her Fields. But um, yeah, so this Quantum had a, had a bit of a bad rap, I think, and it actually took less money at the box office yeah. than um, Casino Royale. No one really talks about Quantum. No, nobody does. Well, we're going to <clears> next <throat> week. We will. Yeah. I, I co- I'd completely forgotten about it until I was like, "There's a there's another one. What's the one I'm forgetting about?" But I just, I, I then, I know we're going off the rails here, but then I remember the hype massively returning for Skyfall. Skyfall. Just, yeah. I, I mean, just the name. Help. The name was enough. Was it? it was almost like right. We've re. I wonder if if Quantum had done well, what film we would have had next? Because Skyfall definitely feels like a reaction to how poorly Quantum did. Oh yeah, hundred mm. percent. And that mm, was um, that was so. I believe that one was the first one with a new studio, so it was like properly. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh, I could be wrong actually. No, because um, it was no, it's so still many... MGM. Yeah, but but the actual distribution. Oh right, the, sorry. The people doing the marketing. Um, yeah, because oh, that's right. Because yeah, didn't so between many... the films, MGM went into serious financial Honestly, trouble, Bond is it? the only reason MGM still is a thing. Yep, actually, uh, yeah, I remember hearing that along the way. The recession yes, hit them hard, I think. Yeah. Well, they were bought. They, a big chunk of them were bought by Amazon, funnily enough. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Sony did Quantum, 
and uh, Skyfall. Yeah, it was actually Sony as well. So, so the new the new films actually a Universal film, so they picked up the distribution rights, um, which is why, which is why my old colleagues are working on it. <laughs> News team, awesome. Sorry, <laughs> uh, lads. I think we should probably wrap it up because we can see. Oh, I could do another hours, hour and, and a half of, of this film. It's, yeah. it's the one I've rewatched the most. This and Tomorrow yeah. Never Dies. I think I've got to go straight into watching Quantum tonight. Oh, that's probably a good idea. I wish I had the time, but I'll be ready yeah. for next week. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, any just let's do it. Any final thoughts on the film before we go? You first, Alby. Um, it will be stick in my head for Christ, I miss the Cold War and scratching my balls. Yep, <laughs> love it. Yeah, actually, I really, really love that. Um, yeah. Um, for me, my second favorite villain of the Craig series. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my first favorite is coming in two films. Um, and well, I say that having not seen No Time yeah. to Die, um, and oh, I'm going to say my favorite song of the Craig era. Yeah, yeah. Um, some very strong contenders, but yeah, Chris Cornell just oh, it's all about Adele's it. one. It, she yeah, would be my, I my, think she's my little silver I think, medal. I think Skyfall yeah. is is number one, closely, but it's different genres. Totally different genres of song yeah, entirely. It's the perfect it's the perfect for song film. for the movie for this yeah, movie. I don't think yeah, there's exactly. ever been a Bond song that matched a film better. Um yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Um for me, I think you can sum it up with Bond with Craig asking, um, like, yeah, I love a vodka martini, it's like shaking or stirred, do I look like a give a damn? And I was like, Yeah! Fucking yeah, get it, Craig. It's he just gave zero fucks. It was let's throw everything out of the window, but it's still recognisable as a Bond film. Um, I love it so much. Just more Le Chief, please. Would be nice. Yeah. Robbed. That's all right. It's just a little boo-boo in the forehead. He'd be fine. Bring him back. Oh, so his little his yeah. eye just like turns as he hits the floor. Oh, oh so good. So good. Grand, bit of Savlon. Be grand. Uh, Right, okay, I think that's everything for this week. We will be back with Quantum of Solace next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And Albert, thank you so much for joining yeah. us again. Thank you. I feel like we have an elevated conversation when Albie is here. Everything is so much more <laughs> calm and analytical. I love it. You're right, actually. So for a little bit of just consistency, Ian, you massive prick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gays. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I would love to hear your thoughts. Ian couldn't be bothered turning up to record the plugs. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, at EnglishIrishGTM, or Instagram, at EnglishIrishPod. We also have a website, anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com. Please get in touch with suggestions for episodes, feedback, and just let us know that you love us because we are desperately, desperately insecure. Thank you so much again. Love you.